Thank you very much. Uh, as already explained, I am Letsuiti Tutwani. I come from a little country called Botswana. Uh, I guess uh, some of you might know it. It's the world's largest producer of diamonds by value. So if you're looking for the richest diamond mine in the world, you'll find it in Botswana. And it's regarded as one of the most peaceful countries in the world. So it's always a moment of pleasure for me to come to the UK, which is a country that I regard as my second home. Three of my four university degrees were conferred by British universities, and I'm on course to get my faith from another British university. And my children also stay in the UK. And I now have made new friends. Uh, before the conference started, I had a chat with Martin and his wife, and uh, also met another guy from the US. So it would be nice to meet him again when I go to the speechwriters conference in Washington DC in October. But I'll talk briefly about what I do on the African continent with regard to what we are gathered here about. So my first experience in speech writing was when I was at university, when I was about 1920. I was befriended by the leader of opposition because I started following politics when I was at secondary school. So he noticed me coming to political rallies. So we became friends when I was at, uh, I think I was doing Form 4, that is a higher secondary a school level. And our friendship continued up to the time I finished at the university. So when I was a university student, he asked me to become a personal aide to him and I started helping him with his, with his speeches. So that was my first introduction to speech writing. And uh, after that, I used to help members of parliament from the opposition to write uh, their speeches for both in the house and uh, for their political conferences. So at the moment, I run a small company called Optimum Answers Investment. PTY Limited, based in Khabron in Botswana, and that's the capital of Botswana. We are the only company in the country that provides professional speech writing services and trains speech writers. We started this three years ago. In initially, I was doing it part-time, because then I was teaching at the University of Botswana. I was a senior lecturer in journalism studies and media law. When we started promoting the idea of professional speech writing in the country, we're fortunate enough to make this a high-profile event. We managed to bring from the US former White House speechwriter Eric Schnoo and the director of the Professional Speechwriters Association, David Murray. Of course, it was not easy at first to persuade people who have never been to Africa to come there for the first time, not knowing what to expect, because what you read in the media is different, sometimes different from what you get on the ground. But I'm glad that they came after three years of coaxing and cajoling. <laughs> I remember at first they asked me to, to buy the tickets and uh, to pay the, the appearance fees so that they would be assured that indeed we're serious about this. So after I had paid, I bought all the tickets and I had paid the appearance fees. David sent me a WhatsApp text message. Oh, let's wait. I can't believe this is happening in the end. 
And I put them in a nice hotel in the capital near shopping mall. I got a taxi for them. And they enjoyed their stay there. I think about four or five nights in Kaburoni. And uh, I hope I'll do this again with others who might be interested when an opportunity comes. So that year in 2019, we staged a conference with over 100 delegates. And we were backed by one of the biggest banks in the country, the first national bank, which has footprints in, the, in a few African countries. They, I made a deal with them. I had to put my, my negotiation skills to the test. And uh, the managing director of that bank, the CEO, agreed to give me a lump sum in advance. He took a risk on me that the event would take place. And it was with that money that I was able to pay these guys. I could never afford to pay for their flights and their parents' fees all at once. We are also privileged to have the support of the Office of the President of the Republic of Botswana. And we trained some of their speechwriters, including the speechwriter for the president. And from that time, we've made good progress in persuading our leaders to embrace professional speechwriting so that our leaders may realize that they need to take their citizens seriously. Because sometimes I think the speeches that they make do not reflect the seriousness of the office, the offices that they hold. We guide them not to speak casually with reckless abandon, but to adopt tools that make listening to them a pleasure, just like you do in the West. My conviction is that citizens must listen to their leaders out of pride and a sense of fulfillment, not out of obligation. The speeches that their leaders make must, must be words that are written across their hearts and are referred to from generation to generation. Of course, these words, as you know, must be matched by comparable action. Words without action just ring hollow and are depressing. People say lies after lies. We are tired of this Washington rhetoric. There's <laughs> a problem everywhere. And that's why when President Trump was campaigning for office, he was uh, uh, promising to clean up Washington. <laughs> Whether he succeeded, I don't know. <laughs> and I wouldn't be drawn into <laughs> talking about that. These hollow speeches make our people sick. But when they are matched by action, they make everybody happy, except the incurable cynics. I cannot forget the words of one of America's most accomplished sons, in my opinion, Bill Clinton in 1997, when he told Congress in his State of the Union address, ladies and gentlemen, the state of our union is strong. With the rising employment and a booming economy, the young president was able to see off the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I believe one of the reasons why he succeeded was his rhetoric was matched by his record in office. And he had support of people like Nelson Mandela. Last month, we were honored to train members of the Botswana cabinet on public speaking and presentation skills. And I'm late coming here today because I was once more asked to come and do another training on Wednesday. And this, this time around, the president was around. So I couldn't say no. I had already booked my ticket. But I had to buy another one 
at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and taking my flight at 6 in the evening. So we appreciate this, which is a huge demonstration of confidence in the work that we are doing. But I tell you, it's one of the most challenging assignments I've ever done. Because you are given just four hours to do whatever you have to do. And you are talking to seasoned politicians. And a lot of them are educated. So boy, you better know what you are doing. <laughs> but boy, I delivered. I delivered. So the Office of the President of Botswana is committed to radicalizing rhetoric and speech writing in the entire government system. Actually, I encourage them to buy teleprompters. And the Minister of Finance was in the audience, and she agreed. Actually, she wanted to find out how much it costs. And uh, the President nodded. So I believe that we are beginning to make some progress. <laughs> so we'd like to congratulate the government of Dr. Mokhaiti Eric Masisi on this step and the milestones reached thus far. It is our desire to see this replicated across the continent because there's a huge problem of public speaking among the crop of African leaders. We are keen to help them defeat the logic that long rambling speeches make leaders feel better <laughs> and that the harder the language used, the better. I always say that we have a leader of opposition who went to Harvard and he makes a lot of noise about this and he speaks English that I've never heard any Englishman speak. <laughs> but it's exciting to his followers. But it's only a few people like me who can understand what he's saying. Because you communicate in order to, you speak in order to communicate a message. And maybe no wonder why he's always losing elections. He's lost twice so far. I think he's going to run for the third time. The, the motto of my company is that simplicity is the mark of sophistication. We are encouraging our leaders to speak to the ordinary men in the street. I always tell that, them that a typical American presidential inaugural speech lasts not more than 20 minutes. In Africa, this is still an abomination. A lot of productive time is wasted on dry speeches, which only succeed in making our people sick and angry while inflating the egos of our leaders. This must change and will change. Of course, I'm not naive enough to believe that this will change overnight. But as our father in the continent, Nelson Holy Slasla Mandela, once reminded us, it always looks impossible until it is done. <laughs> so one other objective of ours is to stop the embarrassing plagiarism of American presidential speeches on the continent. It's unnecessary, it's unmitigated, it's unacceptable. And the interesting thing is that it can simply be avoided. My company and I are determined to shine the light on how to do it without plagiarizing. That's why we are always benchmarking against the best in the industry. Hence, my presence, my presence at this conference, however late, 
One thing I can assure you is that Africa has smart sons and daughters who just need to be given the opportunity to demonstrate this. It's just that there's a lot of favoritism. Politicians want to, wanting to bring their people closer, uh, people who are their friends or relatives who are not really competent. I think that is the problem where merit is not a priority. Some of the presidential speeches that I have listened to attest to this ability and capacity of African people. However, in terms of training and experience, the West is miles ahead of us. And that is why we value your expertise and we need to keep working with you. And as far as I know, no African university offers training in speech writing. And speech writing is not a standalone profession. You'll never see any advert seeking a speechwriter on the continent. But I impressed upon the president and his cabinet on Wednesday the importance of doing that, of establishing the office of speech writing, at least initially in the office of the president. And I think they're amenable to that. I trust that with the support of some of you here, we will make a difference in Africa. There are many opportunities, and together we will make a difference. As they say, people never succeed alone, but they fail alone. Thank you for your time. Mm -hmm.